Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gore Conwin, which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after they put out important news. I don't even know how to describe this news because important is the biggest understatement of the year. Uh, here to talk about is Marshall Gunter. You know him as the CEO of Datametrics AI, trades of the venture under DM for our friends of yes, under DTMXF. Uh, usually we'd go into a great uh, introduction about the company and talk about the artificial intelligence side, talk about their COVID-19 uh, test kit side, which are just knocking it out of the park. But I'm going to go straight to the headline because uh, that's what everyone's going to want to talk about. Datametric earns $10.4 million in six months with $8.5 million positive cash flow in Q2. Marshall, welcome back with a bang. Glad to be back, George. We're really happy with this right now. Uh, is that an understatement to say that you're really happy? But we're going to go into the numbers in a second here. But could you have imagined that a year and a half ago or so, when you came on to data metrics to turn around, you know, this, you know, at the time, you know, it was kind of a fledgling company. Could you ever imagine that this is a headline that you'd be putting out in the summer of 2021? No, not at all. I didn't think we'd be half half this far. Because you know, like I said at the AGM when I took over, you know, this is a five year project or so to get things all working on all cylinders. And um, I think we're really ahead of the curve at the moment. Your excerpt, there's a small quote where uh, in the press release says, "Record achievement in the history of the company." So where do we start with these numbers? I mean, there's so many great ones. Let's go the highlights. Six months revenue. And guys are rounding here, 29.5 mil. EBITDA, 12.25 mil. Net mm -hmm. income, uh, 10.4 mil. Uh, cash uh, in the bank, 9.9 million. So let's talk about that, that six months performance because that's a bigger picture. Where's the driver uh, and where does, this, where does this keep going? So let's talk about that in two parts. So the six months here, the, the main driver was the COVID business with the, the film and production industries. And we knew that. So there's a, you know, a really large Q1, a pretty big Q2, but um, that's seasonal as you know, the film and television industry comes, you know, they wrap up in Q, early Q2, and then they start up again in Q3 every year. So that's ongoing. And you know, we're still working with them in Q3 right now across the, you know, the country from, you know, Montreal to Vancouver. Um, additionally, we signed you know, new accounts on the AI side. So that, that's the main driver right now for this particular portion of the business. That being said, the main driver coming up is definitively the, the AI portions of this is they're, they're really firing on all cylinders at the moment as we're entering two new verticals uh, on that space with Medicall. Uh, and with um, the financial tech that we're just starting to look into right now. Uh, so where it's coming from, we got a good leg up with the COVID. Where it's going is right back into the AI and into the core business. Uh, I want to talk about the, those, those two AI initiatives in a second. Uh, Q2 revenue is 10.45 million, but again, rounding yeah. up, up 435%. And you're saying that's actually potentially a bit of a slow quarter because the film and television uh, industry is kind of winding down for Q2, that's when they kind of go quiet. So you expect Q3 to be, to, to have that same kind of performance? I'm not asking for projection, but should, should investor at home take some confidence that that's kind of going to continue? 
Yeah, well, right now, from what we understand, it's going to continue at least through the end of the year. So that that's what the, the industry is looking at. Uh, additionally, you know, it's not just the film and television industry that are looking into this, but, you know, the government's also saying the same thing uh, here in Canada. And, um, you know, we're seeing another wave coming through with this Delta variant, uh, mostly in the U.S., but here in Canada also. And so we're not going to be immune from it. So we'll see where it takes us. But definitively through the end of the year, personally, I expect it to go a little further than that because um, the projections I saw earlier have not come to fruition. You know, things are still locked down. There's still a ton of outbreaks no. all over the, the continent. So this is not going away anytime soon, um, you know, soon being, you know, within the next year or so. And in fact, we might have to live with it, but we'll just see where the science takes it. Well, God forbid of that. I mean, I know data metrics obviously benefits from it, but hopefully, uh, hopefully the AI <laughs> side will pick up and just fire off and away it goes. And and, you know, the COVID-19 would be steady, but not, not getting bigger. But uh, there's devil's advocate here. I do want to ask you about one number that I saw in Q2. So, again, revenue 10.45, cash flow 8.5 million. Those are unbelievable numbers. But net income, I did a double take, is 850000 How do you get mm -hmm. cash flow of 8.5 million? And cash flow is the ultimate, uh, to me, the ultimate measure of the health of any company. But net income of 850000 well, we chose to um, do some, uh, you know, house cleaning this quarter. There are a lot of legacy assets that Data Metrics had when, you know, especially when we came, when I came in, that needed to be taken care of. So we chose to just go ahead and write those off uh, this quarter. So there's you know, a lot of depreciating assets that we needed to take care of on the books, et cetera. Uh, and there was a lot of debt. Okay, so we took care of. I mean, all but like a tiny fraction of all of that this quarter. So our books and our financials are just squeaky clean. Uh, one of the main drivers behind this is, you know, I've gotten a lot of uh, inquiries from institutional investors and things. And one of the first things they asked me about are those debts and those legacy assets and what we're going to do with them. Yeah. And, you know, why are our books so dirty? Um, so that was one of the main goals here. The second, you know, my first goal, obviously, when we took over is to get the, the company stabilized with a good uh, amount of money in the bank that's taken care of. Second goal, take care of all this bookkeeping, clean it up. So when now when we're going out to, you know, say different investors and institutional investors and stuff, we've got squeaky clean financials and everything looks really good. And uh, it, it sets us up for, you know, the long term health of the company. So all we got to do now is grow and grow and grow. And it's important so to note, I think, for, for people at home that those are non-cash items at the end of the that day. That is correct. Yeah, absolutely. Non-cash items. We've got the money in the bank. It doesn't affect operations day to day at all. And uh, just my two cents for everybody watching and listening, uh, companies that are in, that, in, in this kind of phase of success will often do that because the core businesses are now taken off and doing well. And they'll take old legacy assets and and write and just write these things down just to get them right off the books and and away it goes. And that's the smart thing to do because as shareholders, uh, we tend to look a lot, or a lot of people tend to look at the income statement side, which is what's the revenue, what's the profit, what's the cash flow. That's great. But I'm glad you brought that up. When you want to expand and you want to do more, institutional investors look at your balance sheet. Right. So right. you since you just cleaned that up. So you happy now, Marshall? Safe to say the balance sheet is the strongest it's ever been. 
Absolutely. Balance sheet looks great. We're super happy about it. And we're super excited to get out there and tell people our story with that squeaky clean financial speed. All right. Let's talk about the AI side, because obviously the COVID-19 side, the test kit side, we know is going great. We know film and television uh, is where you're getting a big chunk of that. And it's just a juggernaut. Uh, the AI side, I'm going to ask you because you put out an update uh, last week on this this $40 million contract in Canada. That's all you say in Canada. Are you, are you able to tell us anything about that? Because it seems like you're, you're being really cryptic in these press releases. Well, we're not being cryptic on purpose. We're being cryptic because we're being told we have to be cryptic, uh, George, just to tell you the truth. Um, we've been at this particular piece for a year and a half now, if you count all the uh, all the work that's gone into it and the different contracts that have gone through. So we're very, very happy with where that particular process is going uh, and where it sits. And it's taken a little bit longer than we expected, but that doesn't, you know, it doesn't change the fact that we're doing very, very, very well. And that, and you know, we're really happy with how that's going. I'm hoping that'll wrap up within the next four to six weeks at, at worst, um, as the work and everything was originally slated to kick off next month. Um, but that's about all I can say. Unfortunately, we're under a bit of a, a gag order. <laughs> uh, if if you're successful in closing it out, do you think at that point you'll be able to provide more information or? Well, oh, still sure. Be, you can still be under gag order at that point. No, no, no. Eventually, it's all going to come out. That's the rules. But while you know, while things are ongoing and things are being shaped and molded, um, the particular the the people in question, per, you know, prefer that everything just stay under wraps. Um, so that's a, that's where we're at. <clears throat> but um, yeah, it'll definitely. Come out. What does that say for third party? What uh, what does that say as third party validation for the AI side of the business? That again, we've got to be clear. You haven't won it; it hasn't been officially awarded or closed. But just the fact that you are right there, you've gone through the second stage of it. What does that say, or what should we take away from that in terms of how the the country, maybe North America, and perhaps even the world, views data metrics, uh, artificial intelligence capabilities? So let's just put that in perspective. I'm glad you asked that question. So when we were doing this a year and a half ago, we started bidding on contracts like this. First contract we bid it on was $98,000. And we were cleared for that. And we won it. And then we bid on another one for about $115,000. And then after that, we were allowed to bid on, you know, um, about a one point, I don't quote this number, but like $1.3 million contract. Now we're up and bidding on, you know, tens of millions of dollars in contracts. So the progression is there and our ability to do that type of work and our ability to successfully fulfill those contracts is being noted. Otherwise, we would not be allowed into these processes. I mean, you have to be approved to even go into it. Right. So to, to even as, get a chance to look at it, they're, they're not right. going to even let George look at it. Even if I tell them right. I can do it for a dollar, uh, they're but, not going to let me look at it. No, you have to have a proven track record in order to be, you know, in these rounds. Right. And our track record for, you know, eight, literally right now, as we sit here today, like uh, 18 months since we did that first bid, um, has grown like exponentially. Like it, it's take, taken off. 
Now, the the downside for you know for the the regular investor is the news cycle on these things. Unfortunately, they're slow, but it's nothing you can do. Uh, you know, nothing we can speed up. I mean, the processes are in place for a reason. Um, but they do take longer than COVID. You know, some of these take up to a year as uh, as they evolve and as the you know the bidding goes and you know the trimming down of who's in the who's still allowed to stay in the bid, et cetera, et cetera. But, but hold on, Marshall, I want to ask you something though. But going forward, given how artificial intelligence is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just going to become a bigger and bigger part of our lives, personal corporations, government, wouldn't it be fair to say that AI contracts at some point are going to get to a point where they're, they're, they're on a fast cycle because demand is coming from everywhere? Do you see well, that day coming soon? Because I, I, that's what I see coming. Yes, and actually, we've hit that day right now. Okay, but people aren't realizing it. There's, there's a reason we're expanding into two verticals right now, because we are being invited to do a lot of work by a lot of different uh, corporations. There are a lot of people that want our attention right now. So as a group, we decided you know, as the directors of the company, et cetera. Okay, let's take on two new verticals. Um, and this is, and that's what we're doing, like I said, with Medical and with the financial tech. So let's let's jump into the, these two other areas that people- Yeah, have been, let's do that. You know, begging us to get into. Now, the question becomes, you know, how fast can we grow and, and sustain this, all right? So that's where we're looking at. Let's jump in with two more. So we'll triple our capacity is what we're saying right here, as far as that's concerned. And let's look at that for the next few months, see how that goes. And if this is going well, well, maybe we do it again. So then we read up to, you know, nine times, or maybe we'll go up to six times of what we're doing now. So the ball is rolling. Like this is the beginning. The ball is rolling. It's moving forward. We have the finances to do what we want to do, whereas we didn't have that before. And so you're seeing yeah. that you're starting to see the, you know, the fruition of all of our work and the common, you know, the common, ah, culmination. The, culmination, the culmination of everything we've been working for to stabilize the company and to move this forward. So that that's exactly what we're witnessing now. You know, it's the tip of the iceberg at this point, and it's all going to become visible very, very. Tell fast. us, tell us about the two verticals quickly. Why, why these verticals? Right. So people at home, okay. especially for people, there could be a lot of new people watching and listening because when they see this headline, it's going to bring in people that are just are going to have to watch because they're going to be compelled. What is it about these two verticals? Just quickly, why you're choosing them? Okay, so let's take it one by one. First, we'll start with the healthcare side of things. So one of the more interesting things that came up over the past year as we've been working in the healthcare sector is what can our AI do to improve um, you know, healthcare? Will it work was the, the big question. You know, can we speed up diagnosis? Can we make them more accurate? Can we you know, get people um, treated more quickly and more accurately? Um, using, you know, tech, apps, et cetera. And so when we took a look at that, you know, we spent a couple months in R&D just looking through it with uh, various uh, healthcare providers and some of the physicians we have on staff. And we came to the conclusion that the answer is absolutely. You know, this can absolutely be done. And we did some case studies to where um, 
about, I think, believe I'll have to get the number out, but it was about 56% of the, the first diagnoses were correct when they were done by humans. When we took that same data on a trained, uh, part, well, partially trained AI, AI, it got to 98%. And so that is a massive increase of first yeah. diagnosis being you know, correct when assisted by the AI. And so that's why we're in that particular vertical with Medicall, because we believe that this is going to be a game changer, you know, coming around over the next decade. And that's what we're looking at. We're not looking at, okay, can we make a buck in the next six months? It's like, can we build a sustainable business over the next 10 years of this and advance the art of um, medicine and tech at the same time? And that's one of the reasons we're in that vertical. Um, because we have a lot of learning in the healthcare sector now, after we've worked in it for the past over a year now, and we're going to marry that with the AI. The second vertical we're in, um, looking at financial tech. Now, this one has been on the radar for a very long time, so this is not new. Big one. So this is not, this is not something that you know um, we just made up, and it's not as cutting edge as the healthcare stuff. People have been using tech to do, you know, financial work for decades. In fact, I I ran a hedge fund around it. If you look back at my CV, you know, over ten years ago. That being said, it's a little bit of a different world now. So everybody's more connected, um, and it's a little bit more difficult. But there is one big outlier out there that nobody's been able to crack, and that's cryptocurrency. Okay. Now you have a lot, a lot of big players out there in the tech space doing, you know, high frequency trading, you know, algorithmic trading. With yeah, that's been yeah. Wall Street for thirty years, twenty five years now. Exactly, and you know, you're fighting for space in New York, trying to get your server, you know, 10, 10 meters closer to the yeah, exchange to get that nanosecond um, speed difference to, exactly. to make. To the, that means a hundred million dollars or more profit at the end of the year. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so you know that that's a pretty well-known um, industry. We're not trying to get into that. We're not trying to break into that with anything new or something. It's very well established. What we are looking at is the cryptocurrency space, and what makes it interesting is basically the lack of regulation. Um, so what we're seeing is, can we harness the power of this AI to gainfully predict? what's going to happen on these cryptocurrency markets. You know, I say gainfully predict, but that would be gainfully predict enough in order to you know, turn a profit, right? You're not going to be right every single time, but are you right enough times in order to make, you know, uh, make money? And we're not the only ones looking into this because cryptocurrency is a bit of a wild west right now. You know? <laughs> You're not going to see the big ups and dips um, that you see in the cryptocurrency market in you know your standard markets because they're regulated you know and if something decides it's going to crash then you know the stock exchange will step in and halt trading and things like that to prevent you know too much wealth loss that's not the case in crypto you know Elon Musk can put out a tweet and the whole market goes yeah. nuts <laughs> so, and Dogecoin goes from half a penny to fifty cents people make a hundred times their money in three months exactly so what we're saying is. Is there, you know, are there patterns here that we can exploit um, to turn a profit? And we're not the only ones looking at this. You know, we signed a contract with a large financial group in Korea around this called Shinhan. Um, and so we're looking at that right now. Now, we consider this, you know, an extraordinarily interesting space to be in. 
Um, and our initial R&D showed a lot of promise. So that's, that's the reason we're in those two verticals. Yeah, the less regulation, the more you need something like AI, right? Like for example, right. I, 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 obviously I trade uh, a lot of the bigger cap stocks. And you know, if you have your fundamentals, you have, sorry, your, your technical analysis, it's mm -hmm. not that difficult to, to do well. But that's because it's so structured. There are very few wild fluctuations or very little unknowns Right. But on the crypto right. side, wild fluctuations, because there's so many unknowns happening because regulation still isn't there. So AI uh, could play a big role. How how long until you think ballpark? I'm not trying to nail you down to a specific time or a specific date until you think you you'll, you'll have something uh, that you can go to market with. I would say a few, we've got something that would probably be in play in a few months. You know, so I'm definitely before the end of the year. Um, I've already got a dashboard sitting on my desk that we're using internally to monitor this stuff. And you hit on something right there that I just wanted to emphasize. One of the bigger things in this type of Wild West market is factoring in all those different variables. Yeah. Right? Hundreds and hundreds of them. So anybody that's traded, you know, traditionally on a stock market or ETFs or whatever, um, is probably familiar with Bloomberg's terminal. Okay, that's one of the most famous, you know, dashboards they've yeah. got. It, and it's the dashboard, one, right? It's the dashboard. Yeah, I mean, the only one, right? And if you've ever seen one running, usually somebody has six monitors up with that dashboard scattered across all six of them. Now, that's for regular stuff. You could take that, multiply it by a hundred for what's going on in the cryptocurrency world. And it's almost impossible for a human to keep track of all this stuff. And that's- the no, I'll say it is impossible, not almost impossible. Yeah. It is impossible. So that's the reason we think that the AI can be used to harness all of that because this, we can do stuff um, you know, with the tech in nanoseconds that takes humans you know, minutes and minutes of processing time to figure out. Uh, so we can make those calls, I don't know, 20 minutes ahead of the curve, even not even, you know, two minutes ahead of the curve. We can make this really profitable. Well, are you contemplating a B2C uh, product where, hey, George, you want to trade crypto? Here's here's our, our, our AI and you pay us $100 a month. Or is it going to be a B2B where you're going to go to large funds and institutions say, hey, if you want to put $50 million to work in the crypto world, you got to use our AI to help protect you on the downside and help you spot the upside. Or could it be both? Uh, it's going to end up being both. The question is going to nice. be how we roll it out. You know, right now, the current portion of it is being engineered for B2B because that's what we were looking at uh, with the contracts. However, the end, the end game, like what, what I'm talking about with those dashboards and stuff, that can definitively be used B2C. Um, but it's not, it, it's going to depend. We're going to most likely go B2B first, validate the product, make sure that everything's working, et cetera. Yeah. Once we have that out there, then we go B2C. And, you know, there's, there's multiple reasons for that. One, it's easier to validate the product when you're only dealing with a, a small, a smaller number of clientele. Um, and number two, um, there's liability when we go B2C that has to be worked out. That's going to take a little bit longer than when we go B2B. So, you know, there's a lot of legal ramifications around that that are just going to take time. It's just, you know, that's how it goes. All right. And ballpark, you think you might be a few months away from the first iteration of a B2B product. That's right. Unbelievable. I mean, if, if 
if data metrics was just what it is today, everybody'd be ecstatic. But to know that these are coming down the road, and you know what that tells me also is that you're going to have other verticals that you're going to be going into. You just can't go into 20 at the same time. Uh, so data metrics AI looks like it's going to start living up to its name uh, and really building out this AI juggernaut. I'm going to throw one thing out there uh, and you can say no comment, but I, no matter what, and I'm pretty sure other people are probably thinking it. Do you get to a point where you start thinking about spinning out the COVID-19 side because the AI side, they're both strong, they're both powerful, but because they're not entirely compatible, I mean, uh, do, 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 you, do you ever start thinking about things like that? And if you can't answer, you can't, but I, I was thinking about it. Well, I mean, the short answer is data metrics has done that in the past on several occasions. You know, they spun out graph blockchain and um, uh, then there was a Ronin business, et cetera. And that's what they were originally set up to do. So it's never off the table, let's put it that way, because that's just the way the, the company was set up. That's the structure of the company. That was the intention. Um, at the moment, no. Right now, that, that business is too profitable yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. To, to spin out. We don't want to do it. As, I'm not going to rule it out, though. I mean, at some point in time in the future, yeah, we may do that. Yeah, we may do that. I mean, AI is our core. It's the thing we're going to keep pushing on for the next you know, five to 10 years. So we'll see. We'll see what the future brings on that one. Yeah, my personal opinion, and it's just by the way for for Marshall for everybody. My personal opinion is eventually it's going the COVID nineteen stuff side is going to have to get spun out because the AI side is going to be so strong, and you know bigger and bigger investors are going to say, "What's with the COVID nineteen side? We love the numbers. Why don't you spit it out and make its own company and let those numbers thrive on their own that way?" Why? Because in my opinion, I think institutional investors at some point are going to say. How do we value a company that's got two strong, div, you know, divisions, but they're totally, you know, they're, they're diametric. They're not even totally related right. to each other. But that's a good problem to have, right, Marshall? Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with it at the moment. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep my problem. <laughs> well, buddy, congratulations! Thanks for coming back. It's always great when you take the time to speak with everyone to give real context and deeper. That's why we call this Beyond the Press Release. Last words to you. Uh, because you're you're the man of the hour. Last words to you uh, as to what you want to say to your shareholders and, and new investors who are probably watching and listening. Well, for the people that have been here for a while, we really appreciate the support. We're glad you're sticking with us. For the new people that are coming on board, take a look at what we're doing. Keep your ear to the ground over the next month or so. There's a lot of good news coming out. Um, and then just take a look at our last track record. We feel we've done really well with what we had and uh, the success is going to continue. Thanks for joining us, Marshall. And uh, there's no doubt about it. The numbers say that it's going to continue. So can't wait to have you back, uh, hopefully sooner than later, on other developments and, uh, and continued success in the meantime. Thanks, George. To everybody at home who's been watching or listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform, you've been listening and watching to Marshall Gunter, he's CEO of Datametrics AI. Trades of the venture under DM for our friends in the US, DTMXF, and for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under D4G. For those of you new to the story because you saw the headline and had to come discover who the company is, you've got fantastic information, Marshall. You got to start your due diligence. Two ways to do that. First, get to the company's profile in the GORCOM because we know there's a lot going on. It's artificial intelligence, COVID-19 testing. 
there, there are a lot of moving parts. We give you a really, really good 10,000 foot overview of the company. So you get a great overall understanding, but then to do your deep dive, either from Agoracom or you can see it right above Marshall right now, get over to the company's website, datametrics.com, do your deep dive due diligence. If you're a believer in the future of artificial intelligence, uh, then I think you've got to do that. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and even leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel and never missing another great Agoracom small cap video.